Welcome to Hazardous Opinions. I'm Eric. There's Andy. And we're here in the studio, our new studio, which was funded by you great folk. Yeah, what do you think of the new place? It looks good. I, uh... Yeah. Yeah. He's lying. We don't have a studio. It was all a ruse. Yes, you've been you've been fooled. It was all in your head. We're actually not even here. Who am I? Who are you? You're Tyler. I'm the narrator. I'm not Tyler. You're Tyler. If I thought of you, who am I? If so I'm you, who are you? <laughs> the 1999 Fight Club by David Fincher, starring Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, and Bellatrix Lestrange. Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah. Or better known yeah. as... As Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, which is surprising uh, we see her in not a uh, Tim Burton film. Indeed. I uh, I was I didn't recognize her for most of the film. I think it wasn't until the uh, the scene where she was like groping him from behind, groping uh, Edward Norton. That was like, wait, is that Bellatrix? That's, a, that's yeah. a strange part to have that realization. Well, it just it closed up. Uh, made a close-up on her face and i was like wait a minute like she doesn't have the long hair in this movie but it, i seen like the facial structure i suppose yeah. she was wearing um sunglasses for most of the time up until this point i'm sure yeah she looked like she was withdrawing off of some shit for most of the movie right yeah yeah so uh david fincher is one of the best directors of all time he did yes. uh like seven in social network or some of the big popular stuff that he's known for, which I both love. He also did, uh, he produced stuff like house of cards, love death robots. It's a lot of my favorite shit. Uh, David Fincher is responsible for. And now fight yeah. club is added to that list. He has quite the resume and he did great with this film. I think it was, yeah. I think it was pretty interesting the way they told the story in this because there's like, there's a point, like a friend of mine told me that he knew that Tyler was a figment of the narrator's imagination before the movie got to that point. And you got to think like, okay, well, how could you do that? And it, and there is like subtle hints that you could pick up throughout the, throughout the movie up until that point that kind of hints towards that, but you're not, you don't know for sure. Honestly, it wouldn't yeah. be your first inclination throughout the movie because it just seems like such a real character outside of the narr- narrator. So this was my first time seeing this movie. I know I'm very late to the game. Yeah. But I actually had this one spoiled for me before I've even seen it. Sadly, I knew the twist. But I thought it was it was still cool going through it and like picking up on everything. And to me, I don't think they were subtle at all. Because when they said certain things, I'm like, oh, it's proof. Right. And, uh, but I but I was looking for it since I already knew. You so. were looking for it. If you weren't looking for it, like I wasn't the first time I've seen this, like you wouldn't have known at all. Like, right. Yeah. Tyler Durden definitely is a character on his own and <laughs> he does it really well. Yeah. So all I knew about this movie going in was the twist. I knew nothing else about the movie. So there was still a lot of stuff that threw me off. Like oh, this yeah. intro credit suite sequence with all the like the blue shit 
you know, like the music and it's just going hard. Like it wasn't it a subtle intro. Yeah, no. And I was like, what is this movie going to be? I I was expecting this to be some sort of like boxing movie based off the name. And boy, was I wrong. No, you were very wrong. And um, yeah, it sets the tone right from the beginning because you're you get your you're strapped in your seat and you get like already thrown into this craziness with right. the intro and it's it's so great it, it is it is just excitement from beginning to end on a side note can i have edward norton just like narrate my daily life like him <laughs> and morton freeman just like got to get together for like a narration project and like right. bounce back and forth that was i loved his voice through this i am jackson <laughs> Yeah, somewhere at the like, start, no, I he's doing it. the uh, doing the the help groups and stuff. He's like, Bob had bitch tits. He just says it so <laughs> calmly <laughs> as yep. he's being pushed into Bob's tits, and yeah, that's great. I think that was uh, a notion to say that he was like the first part of this movie. He's just super depressed. He, he's completely like he's in completely he's engrossed in, in this realization that he is a consumer and that's all he can do is just buy stuff. He goes to work at a job. He hates, he doesn't even believe in what he does. I think he's a, he works for a major car company that he has to investigate what? recalls or whatever, investigate to see yeah. if there's recalls or whatever. And I, so, I, I like the scene on the airplane where he's talking to the, uh, the one lady, he's like, so our equation is like the cost of replacing the recall versus how much we get from the lawsuits plus like the profit of the cars. There was another number. And if the lawsuits are less than what it costs to replace the parts, then we're not going to do it. We're just going to let people yeah. die. I just, I Which love is that. Kind of like, that's that's accurate. Do. Yeah. I guarantee that's accurate. Oh yeah. I bet. I mean, cause like, Nobody's like the car companies out there aren't gonna re gonna be recalling cars for you know just because a few people died. That that's the all they are to them is just statistics, you know. Yes. So a few people died in their cars. And they're gonna be like, oh, should we initiate a recall? Probably not. They send this guy out there to calculate a very unlikely equation that whether they should do a recall or not. Turns out they probably shouldn't do this recall because the equation, which is already really leveraged in their favor. Yeah, it's cheaper to get sued than replace the part. Yeah, cheaper to get sued than replace the part. So, like, they'll just take the lawsuit, and that's messed up. That's if somebody uh, files a lawsuit also. Yeah, it's even more messed up when they they have the scene where... um, He's in the hangar with the burnt up car and they're analyzing it and his coworkers are all making just sick jokes. And I, I yeah. get that in that kind of profession, you probably get some dark humor, but it was like very distasteful jokes. No, that, like, they were oh, very burnt up kid in the backseat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they were very callous about it. His, the way they burned up. and That's messed oh up. Yeah. No, they, they're definitely callous to this. And um, I don't, I don't think you're like, the narrator makes it a statement that he just, he doesn't believe in what he does and he is 
suffering from insomnia. He never yep. sleeps. And I think that's uh, how this whole thing takes off because he, he has such bad insomnia that he starts imagining this fish, fictional character that starts, it's like a persona per se, I guess. So yes. he imagines this persona and um, well, you wouldn't know until like towards the end of the movie, but for the sake of, we're not going to be boys about this. And uh, yeah, Tyler Durden is everything that he aspires to be. He He wants to be more bold. He wants to be, just let loose he wants to fight somebody and that's how he started yeah. fight club wants to break free from the consumerism in, in his job and all that that life is yeah i thought that the practical effects and cgi in this movie were pretty decent for its age there's one thing that took me out so hard when he's in the support groups early on he is in the one that dreams of his happy place mm-hmm it's, it's one of the first support groups. There was a CGI penguin in the cave. I was like, what the fuck is that thing? It just looks so bad. That was, that was just the started one thing. Talking. It sounded like a little kid. started laughing like a little kid. That was creepy, man. I could take it seriously. But everything else in the, in the movie still holds up really well. for its age. Yeah. And also, was it in that same? Maybe it was the uh, the cancer support group. It's it one of those other ones. Fucking Chloe. She just wants to get laid before she dies. I know. She has cancer. She I goes so up there. Bad. She goes up there and she's like, I, I have I have adult DVDs I have and I have lubricants <laughs> and uh I have anal <laughs> anal something. What did she say? Oh, I don't Man. remember. Everyone's just like, Thank you, Chloe. And everyone claps. She uh, she hurries and rushes her off the stage. I re- I was thinking that Norton was gonna volunteer. Uh, our narrator to uh, to have sex with her or something. <laughs> no, no, she she just dies. It's dark. She dies later. She did. Yeah, it's it's like an offhanded comment that Marla makes. She's like, "Hey, Tyler, you haven't been going to your sessions." Or I don't think she oh. knows his name until the end. Um, yeah, she's like, "Yeah, Chloe died." <laughs> Another one of my favorite uh, lines from her is uh, when they were. So the narrator goes to all these different support groups because he figured out the only way he could actually sleep is to cry. Yes. Surprisingly enough, I think it's like emotional, like deep, like emotional uh, distress or whatever that he has no release for. I think Mm -hmm. he tried to find, maybe he tried to find solace in uh, consumerism, just like trying to have the latest or the nicest uh, furniture will make him satisfied or whatever, but it never does. Yeah. He says he buys, buys like every item from a catalog. Yeah. So he looks through the catalog and has like, has the most like niche exotic kind of furniture. So his house is all decked out. His apartment's all decked out with all kinds of like little, (laughs) uh, little things. I think in, uh, he even said like with the bowls, with the bubbles still in them. So it, (laughs) <laughs> like you know it was made by the hardworking indigenous people of wherever because you don't care where it came from you just know that it was he's like uh, yeah he's like um, 
what am I thinking of? Um, like a shopaholic? People, the people that actually care about orda- organic shit or whatever. Oh, materialistic. Yeah, very materialistic shit like that. But yeah, like you never stuff that has no meaning. Yeah, but like going back to uh, the line from Mar- Marla Senior, they were arguing about after he found out that uh, she was uh, a fake like him going to all these events. I they were deserve arguing to belong about, here more than you. You still <laughs> have your balls. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, she's <laughs> like, they were talking about at least I get testicular cancer. Let me have that one. And she's like, I have a more right to be there than you. You still have your balls. <laughs> I thought that was great. It's awesome. This movie, I like the fact that they acknowledge the financial part. There's so many movies where people run off and start doing things on a crazy adventure. And you're like, how the fuck are they affording this? Right. Like someone will be like a supermarket cashier, decide to go travel the world and do something crazy. Like how, but they they actually show you throughout this movie, how he manipulates his boss to keep his salary. And the fact that he had a really well-paying job before he even starts to go off the rails. Yeah. Um, And then he gets the insurance money as well from the condo. Yeah. But like uh, knowing that Tyler Durden is, uh, is actually him and he lives in that like really decrepit house. I can understand the whole point of consumerism is like he just wanted to get rid of his old lifestyle and like adopt a new one. Oh, also, he gets all this money because he had nine jobs also. Originally, we thought Tyler had nine jobs, but he has nine jobs because he couldn't sleep. So all those jobs that Tyler had, he had. Yeah, that's why he makes the soap and stuff that they acknowledge later. Yeah, he makes the soap. Works at the movie theater. He works as a waiter, pissing in people's soups. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Huh. When we first meet Tyler, the imaginary Tyler, Brad Pitt, I'm just going to call him by the actor names because they're both Tyler. Yeah, they are. When we first meet Brad Pitt on the airplane and he's selling his soap and stuff, they're like, we have the same suitcase. That should have been your first hint there. There's a little vision where Norton sees like the plane blow up. I, th- I think it's this interaction with Pitt. It's either with him or with one of the previous people he's talking to on the plane. No, he wasn't talking to anybody. Out. I think it was uh, during that montage when he was saying that uh, he was traveling a lot. When he first started that montage where, where he was like traveling to LAX or SOF. Oh, yeah. You know. Yep. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Like, I really wish, you know, the plane would crash because insurance pays triple <laughs> if you're die on a business trip. Yes. I, uh, I have no problem with that scene. It was, it was good. Other than I really wish they had a headphone warning because it was a quiet scene and <laughs> really loud. I actually had to take off my earphones. I was like, I was a little shocked by that, but it's the only like audio issue in the, yeah. in the movie with the leveling. I was also having um, pretty good. Yeah, I was also having uh, issues with that too. I had uh, headphones in. I, I had to just adjust the volume. Luckily, yeah, I was holding my phone. Just loud. And was able to <laughs> do that, but yeah, yeah. I uh, I got a little confused around uh, this plane scene as well because he starts talking to Tyler 
and it's such like an abrupt cut from the previous scenes when he was talking with Marla. I was like, is this in the future or the past? I thought maybe we like were flashing yeah. back to his job or something, but, but it, it's just actually continuing. I think that's the point because like, there's a lot of like jumping back and forth between this, uh, between sets and settings throughout this movie. And I think that's the point because like towards the end of it, you realize that, you know, when he, when you find out that he's started this whole, you know, terrorist organization, it was when he sleeps that he does the most of the Tyler Durden stuff. Yes. So like, I think the first like half of it at least is supposed to like show you like his perspective on like how, you know, insomnia is making you think that like, making you kind of confused on like where you are and like what you're doing. Oh yeah. That's just a theory though. Yeah. It's kind of like a, like, like when you're driving and uh, how, you know that you were uh, probably too tired to be driving is you kind of just arrive at your destination when you're done driving and you're like, wait, I don't even remember driving. Yeah. You're just there. Yeah. No, I, I think that's exactly the point. But yeah, I, I think that, everything goes forward in time. I, I, it was just a weird cut in the movie that uh, kind of threw me off a little bit other than uh, the beginning of the movie. We start at the end as many do any uh, dialogues a little bit and then goes back into the movie. They, um, they reference this again later at the end when we like catch up to how it started. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh, we're back again. He's just breaking the fourth wall as he does a few times through the movie. Oh Yeah. I think that's like, yeah, him coming back to the present because he's, I think memories and everything is all jumbled up for the narrator. Yep. And uh, there probably should have been another big hint as well is the fact that uh, Pitt jumps in on uh, Norton's fourth wall breaks uh, a couple of times. Like uh, when they're in the movie theater at his movie theater job and he's like splicing porn into the movie. Well, I mean, in on a couple of his fourth wall breaks and talks to the audience. Honestly, I don't know if that's like a fourth wall break. Well, I mean, technically it is because you're talking to the audience, right? But that doesn't exactly mean that that was that was to imply that there's the same person. Because uh, if I mean, if one person can do a fourth wall break, why can't another? I don't know. Well, I I think it it hints at that that neither of them are like, or sorry, that, uh, that Pitt isn't real either. Cause he's also in the same like headspace. True. I don't know. Cause, cause no one else in the movie can fourth wall break or like hear what he says to the audience. So yeah, that's true. But they are the two <laughs> movie, like main characters. Yeah. We, we jump into that movie theater scene and it's just immediately like, uh, to penis. <laughs> Like, like it transitions. It's like, okay, now they're going to the movie theater job. And the first shot when they go there is just a man with his dick out. What? And then it cuts, it, it pulls back a little bit. It's like a half second scene. It's, it's like barely in there. And then uh, Pitt starts talking about how he splices a little bit of porn into a family movie. <laughs> that happens like, I think once or twice else in the movie, there was like a quick scene of something that you can barely catch. I never pause it to go back. Oh yeah, I did see that first one. <laughs> I was even paying attention. Me off guard. I was Dude. like, "What the fuck?" 
but it's enough to make you know you saw it. Like like he's he narrates that he's that like, was yeah like, that's everyone knows what they saw, but they can't say no. anything cause it was so quick. Like what are they gonna no. do? Acknowledge it? He actually he, he actually said that nobody knew what they saw. Like it was so quick that nobody knew what they saw. But they like they knew, but they didn't like they didn't know. <laughs> like the kid starts crying in the audience. <laughs> yeah, they know. Like, but they don't actually funny. know. The wife was looking at the husband in, in one of those <laughs> shots and <laughs> it was it just was like, just, like, it like was a so split funny. second of, of moan as well. It was like opera music, and they're like, so I'm like, ah, and then it's just, it just comes back to it. God, that was so good. It's amazing. And this movie continues the trend, or I suppose is earlier in Pitt's career. Maybe it started the trend of Brad Pitt eating in every single fucking movie he's in. <laughs> he's he uh, eating. Yeah, it's it's just a thing. Like watch Brad Pitt in movies. He's always eating, like actually eating, not like fake food. <laughs> when when uh, Norton is calling him to ask uh, him to go to the bar after his condo oh, blows yep. up, you yeah. can hear him munching on the phone. He, he was just eating <laughs> chips or something. Right. That's awesome. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> this movie is really fucking gross. By the way, like. It, like, it just makes you feel icky throughout most of the movie. Like the, the house they're living in. There's so many shots of just like dirty water, him brushing his teeth with it. Oh, the, the fat scene when they're stealing fat from the medical center. <laughs> and then it, and like, it bursts open and leaks all over him. Oh, that was, yeah, that was really gross. Oh, it was yeah. so very grotesque. Yeah. They don't, they don't shy away from all the blood in, uh, in the fight scenes either. No, I was like just cringing through through a lot of these scenes, like especially just around the house. I just I felt nasty, like I need to shower after. Right. And they had some weird thing with like cutting cutting balls off. Yeah. You know, what was his obsession <laughs> with that? Like, Is it because of the testicle? I don't the the cancer maybe thing? But like, like the first part, the first uh, thing with it was uh, when they threatened that politician to <laughs> not. Uh, maybe it was the commissioner of the police or something. But like, uh, yeah, to to not pursue them, not pursue them, and then he threatened to cut cut his balls off. <laughs> and then the next part, around it, <laughs> the cops were actually in on it. So yep. like towards the end of the movie, like you know. <laughs> When the narrator, like when the things getting out of control, they actually start this fight club turns into an army because they yep. like turns into an anarchist. believe in this thing that's greater than themselves, which is you know half noble, Project half Mayhem. fucking psychotic. But Project Mayhem. So uh, they start recruiting people, which what started as a thing that they did every Saturday night turned into like this militaristic like army type shit where people would stand outside of their house and like <laughs> wait to be accepted or something. Yeah. They had to like wait three days. And if they uh, made it through all the insulting and just standing out there for three days, then they could join Yeah, with like three days without like eating or drinking, which I don't know if it's possible or not. Like, like I feel like you go, I mean, how long do you go without drinking water uh, without before oh, dying? 
I don't know if it's three days. I know eating you can go a lot longer, but like I don't know about a week, maybe a week or just week and a half. You can go a week and a half without drinking water. Maybe not that long, but there's the the movie 127 Hours. I think he is stuck in there without water. No, it's a true story. No, he had water. He he just had to make it last. I remember that was like a major point through that. Because that was when that was the movie where he was uh, stuck with between a rock or whatever, right? That was that movie with. Yes, with, sorry, with uh, with Franco. James Franco, yeah. Only a few days water, without water. You're right. Yeah. yeah, only a few days. So maybe not eating, but maybe they, maybe they yeah, probably still know. drank out there. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a crazy movie. Overall. But like either way, like the point is, you got to stand out there and just like you know withstand all these insults that they're saying. And after three days, you're in, which is fucking crazy to me. I, I like I no wonder these guys are just. But they were also walkers. all. Like previous Fight Club members, they yeah, weren't like just people from the street. So, how dedicated do you have to be to this idea of Fight Club to be doing this shit? You know, I mean, Fight Club. I mean, I don't know. Well, apparently, it, Tyler it looked, is just it, quite the charismatic guy, I suppose. And uh, obviously, because he started like a nationwide movement, he later finds out that it was like there's, you know, fight clubs start cropping up in different cities or whatever. And uh, all these men are are starting their own fight clubs and these cells <laughs> are able to work independently without any without any central leadership, which is very impressive, yeah, by the way, without even knowing who Tyler is. Like a lot of them said, we haven't even seen the guy before. Yeah. And they are dedicated their lives to this idea, which is fucking yes. nuts. <laughs> I have a question for you. So yeah. there's, so Marla and is never in the same room with both Tyler and, or with both Pitt and Norton at the same time. Like they specifically address that, but, mm. uh, but Bob is quite a few scenes. And I'm wondering who he thinks like, are, is everyone in Project Mayhem aware that that Tyler is just a fucking loon or like, like, especially the, the car driving scene after they get after he beats the shit out of Blondie and then he takes the car and he goes and crashes it. Pitt is driving and Norton's in the passenger seat and then Bob and the one guy are in the back. And Pitt and Norton are just having a whole argument. And I, I wonder what they see there. Well, I'm assuming, I mean, it has to be just, just Norton. Yeah, but he sees himself in the passenger seat in there. So there's just, there's right. just so much I have questions for. But he already said uh, when, uh, you know, Pitt revealed himself to be not real, he told him that when he was talking to the rest of them, like he imagined mm-hmm. him himself, like, I want to say it's like astral projection or whatever. Yeah. 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 That acknowledges like when one was talking, but like when both of them are talking to the group at the same time, uh, there's like one or two scenes with that. I don't know. I I wonder how they explain that. That's interesting. Like, I wonder if he was just sitting there arguing with himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In the driver's seat and everyone, they're just fucking like, what the hell is going on? Well, all they're doing back there is like, 
first rule of Project Mayhem is you don't ask questions. Like that's all <laughs> they're saying. So I wouldn't doubt if they were they were just talking yeah, to just, him as he's just losing his mind in the driver's yeah. seat. <laughs> so I mean, because they were just so droned out. These soldiers were they they it you, it's like it's weird because it's almost like Tyler wanted to teach them to be an independent thinker. But also, when you see these guys, they do not seem like they have an independent thinking brain cell at all. Because they just do whatever Tyler says. And then the opposite, whenever he tells them that, you know, because he he predicted what he was going to say. And they're like, yeah, Yeah. you said you were going to say that. that. You said you would say that. And it's like, they they just go with it with no question. So, I don't know. I find it strange. Well, this week's assignment is to enjoy these ad breaks. Enjoy. Don't skip them. Our gift to the world. Look around, I look around. I see a lot of new faces. <laughs> Shut up! Which means a lot of you have been breaking the first two rules of fight club. I see in Fight Club the strongest and smartest men who've ever lived. I see all this potential, and I see it squandered. God damn it, an entire generation pumping gas, waiting tables, slaves with white collars. Advertising has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we hate so we can buy shit we don't need. the middle children of history, man. No purpose or place. We have no great war, no great depression. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. We're very, very pissed off. Welcome back to Fight Club. Oh, shit, I talked about it. So I lied. You you violated the first two rules. (laughs) This week's assignment is actually to go pick a fight with a stranger and lose. Yeah, which is harder than you think. Uh, Most people actually... (laughs) Do everything they can to avoid a fight. And I am one of them. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Yes. I'm not going to go beat somebody up just because they uh, <laughs> sprayed me with water or pushed me or some shit. I'm like, dude. Just, exactly. I'm just trying to get home, bro. <laughs> what are you trying to do? <laughs> I thought all of these were very realistic. The little uh, scenes of different people trying to start a fight. I was yeah. like, yeah, if I was any of those people, I probably wouldn't hit them either. I wouldn't want to <laughs> be like, what the fuck, fight? guy? Yeah, not because I was afraid of him. I just don't want to be in a fight. Like, sorry, I just don't want to. Even... Fucking places to be. Yeah, I don't even want to involve myself with that. Right. The guy spraying the hose. He tries like eight different people. Yeah. Or the pastor is the one that finally fucking fights him. <laughs> the pastor of all people. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought like when they go back to the Fight Club, it was a whole bunch more people. The pastor was one of the new people at one of the fights. Oh, so that's I think they recruited him. Yeah. 
it looked like the same guy. That's funny too. Like, what would a pastor want to do? Be doing at a fight club? <laughs> He's like, "Did you like that? Did you like hitting me? Well, you should join my club." Yeah, but then yeah. he just violated the rule. Tyler Durden yes. uh, points this out too. He's like, "I'm seeing a lot of new faces," and they all cheer. And he's like, "Shut <laughs> up! Why you fucked up?" Yeah, it means you've been violating the first two rules of Fight Club. And then, <laughs> How do you recruit uh, new people if you can't talk about it? Well, I don't think he was planning on recruiting new people, but I think that's just how it happened. Because <laughs> like, they never do, really actively recruited people you know, about Fight Club. It was like they no, saw it was just people outside, that seen it. And then yeah. somebody comes up and is like, can I be next? It's like, okay, you're fucking nuts, first of all. Well, but... In the reality, he's seen Tyler beating the shit out of himself in the empty parking lot. <laughs> yeah, I love that we that come context, back to that and they actually showed us. With that context, right? Like, what? how awkward would that be? Somebody walking up <laughs> and then just being like, can I be next? <laughs> They're like, yeah, sure. Right, yeah. So Tyler's a really good fucking fighter. He, he gets this shit kicked out of him a couple times. But if you take into account that he's both Pitt and Norton, he wins most of his fights. And he's a pretty oh, scrawny guy. Yeah. Because anytime Pitt fights, he crushes people. And that's technically uh, Norton as well. So it's all that uh, pent up anger from uh, <laughs> losing his apartment and everything he owns. He's, he's mad yeah. at society. He hates society. Indeed. Good old taxi driver. Yeah. So, when Tyler starts recruiting his army there, the they get the first guy, which I really liked. He he didn't flinch at all. He he just stayed out there three days. Bob was immediately ready to give up, and Tyler had to break character to be like, "Bob, it's okay. Just stand out here for three days." <laughs> like what he started calling him a fatty, and he's like, "Go home." <laughs> One of these guys was uh, Jared Leto. Was it? Yeah. Was it the blonde guy? No, it was the. Oh, never mind. Jared Angel Leto would have been pretty. Whoever Angel young. Face was is uh, yeah. Jared Leto. I think that's that was the blonde, blonde guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I thought he seemed familiar, but I, I didn't. I didn't know who he was. I uh, yeah. I was going to comment. They all so they all get their heads shaved when they join Project Mayhem, but Bob and Blondie didn't have to shave. <laughs> Those are the only two that got exceptions. Oh, because Blondie was so beautiful. I guess they. I suppose so. Yeah, you don't have to shave. Even uh, Tyler shaved his head. Or Brad Pitt shaved his head towards the end of it. Didn't he grow a mustache too? What the hell? That was fucking Tyler. Or uh, Jared Leto. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... (laughs) You didn't recognize him. I I thought he was familiar. I just couldn't couldn't point him out. He looks different. He's a very beautiful man. Yeah, and Tyler did want to ruin something beautiful, and that was one of the most sad scenes in the whole movie <laughs> for me. He yeah, beat the shit out of Blondie to the point you couldn't recognize his face anymore. Yeah, no, that was, that was bad. That was really bad. I was like, "Oh my god, is he fucking dead?" And you see him later; he's still alive, <laughs> and you just half of his face is just incomprehensible. Yeah, he did survive it. I thought he was gonna die at that point. Yeah, it was a lot of blood. Yeah, but he he did survive it, and you see him later on in the the film when he was yeah. talking to him about Project Mayhem. He's like, "Sir, 
first rule about Project Mayhem is you don't ask questions. And then like, <laughs> like he has like, don't worry about those plans. We got it. Yeah, yeah, and half of his face is just swollen and shit, and he's got is yeah, yeah. very sad to see. It looks like fucking uh, Pinkman yeah. after he gets beat up like three different times. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what happens when you have this Fight Club, but you all, I mean, it's on a concrete floor, and your only rule is, you know, no shoot, no shirt, and no shoes, because like, yeah. it's like. Let's just ask like for, give Yeah, no, like if this was a real thing, there would be so many injuries, man. Right. And uh what's his name? Tyler actually gets his ass kicked in one of the fights where the um the black guy is beating him up. Yeah. And I can't remember if he like was kicking his face or, or something like that, but he was really beat up too. And I uh since I knew that, that Tyler wasn't or that Brad Pitt was in his head. I thought that that was going to give him some like brain damage after their fight. Something was going to yeah. happen with that, but he recovered from it. So, if anything, that just made him lose his mind even more. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, it was all downhill from there. Injuries, for, like throughout the movie, like his yeah. face is always cut up and beat up. Like he's sitting in the meeting, <laughs> and he's like, "You liked it, didn't you?" And then he just shows his mouth is just full of blood. <laughs> he's like you can swallow a pint so of blood weird. before you get sick it's like okay <laughs> you know that from experience I believe that because <laughs> that was so much his, blood his teeth were so fucked up I think not only from the fighting but washing his teeth because he's brushing his teeth constantly with that dirty water gross yeah I bet he has some some uh, oral diseases yeah that could be nasty so you, uh, well, you like brought up earlier. First... Go Sorry, ahead. Go ahead. No, <laughs> I was gonna say you brought up earlier the uh, the obsession with stealing people's testicles. Yeah, <laughs> I was so afraid that I was like I was sitting up like, please do not show me this. I feel like the movie's oh, gonna go there. No, they have strapped down to the table while the 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 one detective that wasn't part of the cult was out, and they're like, get his balls. <laughs> you would say. That, you said you would say that, sir. And they actually get the fucking rubber band out. Oh my god, I'm like, they're actually gonna cut his fucking balls off. They did uh they Dude. did the same thing with that politician too. They strapped the the <laughs> rubber band on him and shit. Yeah, but I since they were threatening him, I knew that they weren't gonna hurt him or else that kind of ruins their threat. But they, they were actually gonna fucking do it to Tyler. <laughs> oh my god. They were ready to go. Would you? What would you do if they did show it? Though, would you just hold your balls and brace uh, <laughs> yourself? <laughs> just like, I don't know what I would, I would do. A little squeal. <laughs> I would. Man, I would lose my shit. I'd feel for him. That would be horrible. That would. Uh, it would definitely change the last act of this movie. <laughs> yeah. If he like escaped after do. that, he wouldn't have the balls to shoot himself in the head. <laughs> <laughs> and he finally gets to go to the uh to the support group at the end then. To like the uh the testicle cancer support group. He yeah, he does. Yeah, he doesn't have his <laughs> balls anymore. They both can go. Yep. That would be a sweet ending. Alternate yeah. ending idea. Alternate ending, yeah. <laughs> David, if you're listening. <laughs> give us a director's so, cut. <laughs> Fincher likes these uh 
these like uh, graphic slow motion scenes and like suicides in his movies. So he had at, at the end, Norton and Pitt are fighting, and he's like, "Wait, the gun's in my hand all along because I'm me." And yeah. he's just like he's he's thinking it out and realizing it, and he fucking shoots himself <laughs> through yeah. the cheek. And I was like, "Oh, did he just botch the suicide?" But it actually worked. Uh, it got rid of uh, of Brad Pitt. So, yeah, I am not entirely sure how realistic that is. Did he just he intentionally shot he, himself through the cheek, right? He or I thought yes. it was a botched suicide. Also, thinking back on it, I think it was intentional to live. Okay. Like he he purposely put it towards his cheek. At first, I thought he fucked it up. I'm like, how <laughs> how did you think that would kill you? You put it through right? the cheek. And it was a slow motion, and I didn't realize it went through his cheek at first. You just see his whole face light up with the gunpowder uh, and the the explosion of the the, the bullet. That was a cool and then little. The uh, bullet scene. comes out the other side. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I was just like, "What the fuck?" That was a dark ending, and he was still yeah. alive. Yeah, it was so funny was like, because, okay. like, do you do you remember how fucked up his voice was after that? <laughs> Yeah, and then he like coughed and he was kind of like better. He started talking like normal again. He's like, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. I'm I'm all good. (laughs) Don't worry about it. It's like he's got the the, smoker hole in his neck. Uh, I'm fine. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you really don't look okay, sir. It's like, don't worry about it. It's fucking bleeding. Yeah, non lethal though. I mean, you don't need your cheeks, I guess. Non-lethal suicide. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you killed Brad Pitt there. Uh, And then you get this scene of them holding hands, just watching everything. Yeah. It's great. All the credit card companies getting destroyed. Honestly, uh, did they think that the the whole, like, net zero thing by destroying the headquarters of these credit card companies would work? Because, like, it's not like these buildings get destroyed and all of a sudden the whole company is liquidated. Like it's just gone. Right. Cause this is 1999. I think the movie takes place at the same time it was made. Yeah. So there's computers. There is computers. Uh, And he he even works on the computer actually in in a couple of his scenes. So they probably have backups somewhere unless these were like server headquarters, but I mean, I got then, the like, impression like, that this was happening all over the globe. Like, this wasn't just here because he has, like, the cults all over the U.S. Yeah, that's true. So maybe it was, like, a mass terrorist attack. If that was the case, that'd be kind of cool. I'd be, uh, if all my credit card debt was just gone, I'm like, that'd be kind of cool. But it was, it just didn't seem realistic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, but I don't. I don't think anyone really was, I don't know, fully thinking it through. I mean, I'm probably the only one thinking. Of- they're just creating mayhem, really. Yeah. No, they they are at war with commercialization and consumerism. Right. Like one of their missions was rolling a statue through a Starbucks. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're, we're doing two birds with one stone. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I have another. Okay, another comment. You his know, name is like, Robert Paulson. His, his name, name is Robert Paulson. Paulson. But there was another <laughs> part where <laughs> he was like looking for Tyler, right? And he goes to a bar and he sees a bunch of dudes, like like chefs in the kitchen, 
Yep, and then yep. they're just repeating it to themselves. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. horrible. <laughs> I was like, how did this chant spread across the U.S.? You guys have like radio like, communicating what are they with each doing? other? They just stop at the kitchen. They just crowd around each other. And they're just like, his name is Robert <laughs> Paul. Robert Paul. <laughs> and the, uh, the, the one guy with the head bracket, we assume he probably got into a pretty bad fight. He was yeah. all fucked up. Like the head chef guy, he was the only one that they actually broke the rule of Project Mayhem. Yeah, uh, and finally told Tyler who he was. Yeah, which spurs us into that finale several times that this was a test, and he just believed it wasn't a test. After he just trusted what he said, he's like, "You're Tyler Durden. You're Mister Durden." And then that's when all hell broke loose. I feel like even before that, like I, I can't say because I. uh haven't seen this movie unspoiled, but like so many people are calling him sir throughout the movie, uh, especially like more close to the end. I feel like you probably know before this reveal. Yeah, but uh, then again, like. He was also like co-founder, right? So like, why wouldn't he be in a position of power? From his conversation with Bob, it didn't seem like people knew he was a co-founder because Bob was like. Uh, like, yeah, do you know the guy who uh, made Fight Club? Like when they're having that conversation on the street and they were like, yeah, I'm in the same club too. Look at my face. He's like, yeah, do you know this this guy that created the Fight Club? He's like apparently like been in an institution since he was young and something, oh. something. He, he goes off about his, uh, his history. And he's like, yeah, he must be a legend. I want to meet him. So he, yeah, he kind of like Bob- makes it seem like no one even knows that Tyler is the creator. Yeah, but he also didn't even know that he joined. As far as at, it was at this point that, he, you know, Tyler did. It was just Fight Club. It was just Fight Club on Saturday nights. But then Bob yep. all of a sudden shows up, says he goes there Tuesdays and Thursday nights. But he yeah. never, so he never even seen him at Fight Club or would know who he was anyways, you know? Yeah. Whether if it was, you know, Brad Pitt or Edward Norton, you know, he wouldn't know. Oh, yeah, and I guess he might have known that Tyler, the name Tyler was a creator, but he thought the actual Tyler, Edward Norton, was not Tyler because he goes by a fake name in the in the group. Yeah, because he goes as Cornelius in his group. Yep, yep. Yeah. Huh. I like the yeah. uh, the little cutoff early in the movie as well to, to hide his name. He... Because he, well, he must know his name at some point. Or I guess this is before we met uh, Brad Pitt. But he is talking to Marla and they exchange phone numbers and she runs across the street. And she's like, wait, you never told me your name. And then a bus rolls past and, and it cuts the scene. Oh, so yeah. You got the impression that he told her that his no. name is Tyler. And then he just he didn't- forgets later. He didn't tell her anything because he's like, is your name really any Cornelius or Roford or any of these other names that you you put at these meetings? And then the bus goes past and then she's gone. And he was like confused on where she went because she was just gone after that. So, like, I don't think that he actually told her. Well, it didn't like the next scene as the bus went. As far as Marla knew, his name was Tyler. 
because like remember when he was freaking out and asking her what his name was and she's like tyler durden tyler durden your name's tyler durden yeah yeah, that's no. why I think that's that, that he told her at that point, because this was before we even met Brad Pitt. So maybe he still knew his name back then. Oh, maybe. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, did he do you think he lived his whole life without knowing his name and then just probably just forgot it, I think, because of this. Because of the insomnia, know. maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know if you that would be enough to make him not remember his name, though. I think really he just like, has like a false sense of he's identity. Thirties, so like, yeah, yeah. I I think is is DID is kind of depicted in this. Obviously, like an extreme version of a disassociative identity disorder. Yeah, but he knew his like, name. I think before he met Brad Pitt. I think he just like maybe he just doesn't care about his identity so much that he just doesn't. Yeah, like he almost seems like he he like because at the first part of the movie, all he described himself as is just the average consumer, you know, always buying yes. uh, the furniture and stuff like that. And then as the movie goes on, he doesn't really describe himself as Tyler, but he keeps describing himself as Nobody special, you know, the all dancing, all singing crap of the earth or whatever. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's just like having no identity is his identity, I guess. Indeed. Like, yeah. He's like, I'm not, you know, so and so. I'm just human, you know? I'm just yeah, cause he's, the same he's as everyone else. Average consumer. Yep. yep. Which, I mean, is, I don't know, depending on who you are, is kind of a freeing in a sense. If you're just like a normal ass person, there's no pressure to do anything. You know, I'm, you know, all singing, all dancing crap of the earth. What is it? Why does it matter if I, you know, keep my graves up or whatever? <laughs> I don't know. Keep your graves right. up, kids. Don't listen to me. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. His name was Robert Paulson. His, His name, name was, was Robert Paulson. Rest in peace, Meatloaf. Yeah. I can't believe the guy's name is Meatloaf. Yeah, he uh, he just died this year. Or it's 2023 now. He died last year, technically. Oh, wow. I he didn't was, know uh, he's in a lot of good stuff. I like him in uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. He's good. His name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. But yeah, I, uh, overall, I, this is movie... Rated really high for me. Uh, I'd say it's like an 8.9-ish for me. Like just bordering on a 9. There's a couple segments towards the middle. When he's just around the house. And he's kind of like upset at Tyler. Or upset at Pitt. They get a little slow. But this movie overall is really entrancing. It just keeps you along with the story. Oh yeah. No, it's definitely a... Solid nine for me. Uh, I've watched this movie plenty of times. I'll watch it when I'm bored just because it just gives me, I don't know, some things to think about, I guess. Like the philosophy that he brings are things that I like to think about, but also not to go to the extreme as this movie takes it. (laughs) But uh, it's just, uh, it's uh, more of a Zen Zen philosophy, I guess. Just let go. 
but not so much that you crash your car and, uh, you know, endanger <laughs> everybody. Yeah. And Bob and the other guy just walk out fine. Yeah. Like, what the oh, fuck? another scene. Sorry, before we get out of here, the lie scene on his hand when oh, it's yep. burning through his hand and gives him the scar, the exact same scar that Brad Pitt has. Mm-hmm. That scene was hard to watch. Like the, the detail of it eating away the skin. Oh, man. Ugh. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, I don't know how bad a lie chemical burn would be. But, um, like, I, I'm guessing it would just burn, right? It'd be the same as, like, fire? Like a blowtorch to your palm? Chemical burns are worse. Or maybe it's fire. One of them lingers, like, and you get, like, phantom pain? I don't know. Oh, wow. It's, yeah. Or I guess I know, like, certain degrees of burns, you start to, like, like, it's just hurts i don't i don't know i can't describe the pain i've never received it but uh the way they described the the chemical burn in the movie sounded fucking yeah. horrendous yeah that, the worst pain you'll ever feel that was rough and um it just shows to how crazy tyler is and yeah yeah with the chemical burns and the car crashing all that shit it was just bad news bears <laughs> If you have any respect for Tyler Durden. Indeed. So that's that's all I got for Fight Club 1999. The day yep. of, of our Lord, me. Yeah, same here. It's a, it's a fucking amazing movie. You watching anything else? Yeah, I was going to ask you what's on your current watch list. I'm uh, watching through Alice in Borderland right now. Okay. And. I just finished Glass Onion last night, actually. The oh, second oh. night out movie. Yeah, another Edward Norton movie. That was a good movie. Yeah. I seen him in that. I'm like, bro, I just seen you like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Nice. Yeah. So good. I It was really good. I love those knives out movies. I, I don't think I'll ever like if they come out with another one next year, I don't think I would be like, oh, it's another Knives Out movie. It's like something to get excited about. Like, right. I really hope like, they keep, this is a trend, you know? <laughs> like, Blanc is just amazing. Like, uh, Daniel Craig, just as an actor in general, is entrancing. Like, you're just yeah. staring into his eyes for most of the movie. I'm like, God, you have such blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> right? But he's just he just has a way. Benoit Blanc. With, yeah, uh, it's nice to see him other than um, 007, which uh, I think he enjoys these roles more than uh, 007. Honestly. Yeah, he looks like he's having a blast and I love the movie. So maybe that's yeah. something we'll have to cover is go through the knives out. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll be excited for it. What about you? What's on the, the now playing for you? I'm still watching through Sopranos. Um, I think I'm on season season four now yeah season four of sopranos and um i watched uh the man from uncle this earlier today actually that was pretty good is that, that's uh henry what's... cavill in it oh yeah he plays as this uh spy like person like but he's not like an actual spy but he like he, 
he acts like a spy. He does like a lot of espionage stuff. But he's actually everything he's doing is illegal. <laughs> it is during uh, the World War Two era, like right after World War Two ended. So yep. Nazi Germany is still a thing. And uh, the the Red Menace is also a thing. I don't know when the Ren, like the whole communist hysteria started, actually. So I don't know if it was before or after that or during it. I know it was during it because there's a lot like of Russia stuff involved. But hmm, I guess uh, pretty good movie. Here. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out. It's, Is uh, that on Netflix? It's also like uh, another kind of cheesy. They got a lot of cheesy, funny lines on like action movie stuff. I watched it on HBO Max. I don't know if it's on Netflix. I doubt it's on Netflix if it's on HBO Max, but that's okay. where I watched it. I'll add it to my list. He's quickly becoming one of my my top actors. Like uh, I like him in uh, the Mission Impossible Fallout. He's really good there. Yeah, he wasn't in that long, though. Wasn't he in no. like one scene? <laughs> I, I think he's yeah, just in some of the, the middle he stuff. He was in one scene in the bathroom. The fight scene in the bathroom. Where he like <laughs> fucking shotgun loaded his shoulders or some shit. <laughs> but he's good. He's suave. I, uh, yeah, he I like him. I'd like to see him in more spy stuff. I think getting out of the Superman role is, is good for him for his career. Well, it's not a new movie. It's actually pretty like old. Uh, I want to say it's uh, 2015 for 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it is pretty League, good though. But... So. So good. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So we have actually our special guest episode up next. Yeah. You're going to have to wait and see who it is because that's a top secret. Yeah. But what's not top secret is the movie you were watching. And that is. Which is. I, I sent the it Matrix. It, it is The Matrix. The Matrix. <laughs> the Matrix. We're we're doing uh, it's a nineteen ninety nine kind of month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're sticking with the best year of all years. Yeah, as Prince and Barnes Courtney agree that nineteen ninety nine is the greatest. Yeah, and uh, we're we're doing a great movie from that era. A lot of a lot <laughs> of great CGI. I think uh, it still holds the bar for CGI films till this day. Indeed. This is another one that I sadly have had on my list for a very long time that I haven't seen. So uh, it'll be. Oh, that's there. right. You haven't seen it. I can't believe it. Honestly. It'll be good. I'm, been, I'm excited. I hope this is a new favorite for me. I've been calling you Mr. Anderson for all these years and you had no idea what I was talking <laughs> about. <laughs> Not a clue. That's crazy. That was just a play I on my name. Thought, I just thought you were just, you know, letting me, uh, let me say it like Mr. <laughs> Anderson. And then you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> no idea what yeah. I'm talking about. But yeah, as soon as you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah. So look forward to The Matrix uh, coming later this month and our new game. Uh, just freshly released in 2022, High on Life. Or, not our game, but Squanch Games from uh, Justin yep. Roiland, the creator of Rick and Morty. So it's going to be a uh, 
a hilarious time. I'm not oh, looking yes. forward to that one. Yeah. Did you uh did did a new season of Rick and Morty come out recently? Season six dropped was it last April already? It, I think it's been out for a little while. So I'm I'm a little behind. I'm only on five. There is six seasons. Why <laughs> did I just see a clip earlier on like TikTok or whatever of part of an episode that I've never seen before? Did I just not see season six? No, this I, came out this came out in September of last year. Oh, so, so decently recent. Pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I just I think they're what? They're on Hulu premium premium, like it's not the normal Hulu or something. I, I just know that they're uh, they're hard to watch. I like like it was on a service I didn't have, so it takes me a while to get to those. Yeah, I think th- I know they're on HBO Max. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, but yeah, yeah, high on life. If you like the the Rick and Morty content, it is exactly that, but for like six, seven hours instead. <laughs> it's a good time. And they can they can go a little more off the rails given given the form of the media. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It it uh it's very aware of itself, it breaks the fourth wall and is a great time all throughout. Indeed indeed. Well, that's all I have. Yep, me too. Alrighty, see you guys next time. Adios.